the Betfair Exchange. More ways to bet, more ways to win. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com. Complete with race cards, stable tours and tips from our top team. Visit attheraces.com, racing's leading website today. Welcome to the show. Jane Mangan, Alan Conway from the Betfair Exchange and Emmett Kennedy with you as we look back on some superb performances from the world of racing at York, the Curra, Nace and Deauville. And we'll begin with arguably the superstar of racing, Reath, to give him his proper Arabic pronunciation. Thank you to our Arabic colleagues in Dubai, winning the Judmont International Stakes and doing so in really impressive style. And he was very well backed beforehand, which is something that Rory Delargy was confident would happen when he put him up on the show last week. He was very, very strong on the bet for exchange and impressive to boot, Alan. Yeah, he was um, He was very impressive then, wasn't he? he um, com- punters were very confident throughout the race. He went as high as 3.3 in the run and just looking back he was um he was very very impressive wasn't he a, a bit like yourself em and i got this hurt completely wrong after last year he he was spellbinding wasn't he? in germany and in the, in the pre-guy but just failed to to back it up on occasions but um it's a different story this year isn't he he's just come down and he's just turned inside out and obviously beating enable in the eclipse and he's continued that that form on um just in terms of, of looking forward um, he's third favourite for the arc at the moment, trading eight point two on the on the Betfair exchange. But um, I personally, I well, can't see him lining up in in Paris. I'd um, I'd love to see him at Leopardstown for the Irish Champion Stakes. Um, I think the track is made from a bit like York. I can just see him going out going out there and just being very very impressive, and then possibly going on to um, Ascot for the the Champion Stakes on on Champions Day. Um, the way connections are talking, they haven't really kind of nominated the arc as, as the main target but um, I would personally I'd love to see him turn up at, at Leopardstown next month We're in agreement there Jane your thoughts on the race and also is it fair to say that he is now the best middle distance horse in Europe and therefore the world uh, He might be the best middle distance colt but he has to do a bit more to get there to to, to pass enable in my book and Love is doing everything right as a three year old as well but he's definitely I think for for me the best colt Um you guys say you got it wrong. I was completely there with you. Um, last year, I had him penned as a horse, maybe reliable, reliant on soft ground. Then when he went too fast and was a little bit too ma- hard to manage in the arc, I thought he's a horse that he overexerts himself, that he mightn't be consistent through this season. When he started off in the coronation at Newmarket against Anthony Van Dyke, I said, oh, look, he got free lead and he was impressive and I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt I didn't think that he'd back it up in the Carl Eclipse like he did when he beat Enable and um, and Japan and um, the the fact that I, I think he's stepped forward from the coronation to the Eclipse to, to that performance at York which is just the best of his career um, for me the way he races from a fan's perspective is awesome it's, it's rare the fact that he can maintain what we know to be a real strong pace when you see class horses like Magical and Lord North start to put out the stress signals and William Buick is completely comfortable. Uh, it, it is really enjoyable to watch. And 
because of his physique, because he's built essentially like a monster, he has the physique to match the aggressive running tactics that he has. It, it kind of brings the whole picture together uh, and makes it all the more awesome. I would like to see him at Leopardstown. I think a horse gets on the front end at Leopardstown. They're very, very difficult to peg back. But I would like to see him in the arc over a mile and a half because uh, I think he'd be prove himself the complete package if he can do that. The only... Achilles heel for this horse is we know he is aggressive and if a horse takes him on on the front end like they did in Paris last year he's going to be a, a, a much more difficult prospect for William Buick to ride but that said as a four-year-old isn't he looking far more mature mentally or as a five-year-old even isn't he looking far more mentally and physical, physically mature than the horse we saw last year he really is just a, a brilliant racehorse Big time. Does he seem to be physically stronger this year as well? Or is that uh, an illusion of the eye on the camera in this Rona lockdown world? Because the, the reports are that he's turned into a real monster this year. To be perfectly frank, I haven't seen him in the flesh, so I can't comment. But he, I try and take a gauge from the jockey on board. So we all know we all watch William Bowie quite regularly. And when you see a jockey at full tilt, how far, how long is the horse's neck? That's kind of what gives me uh, a guide that Stradivarius is really small because, you know, Frankie's hands are essentially holding on to the top of the bridle. Whereas with Gayas, William Buick looks a, a small petite rider on him and, and that's just what I get it from. And everybody on ITV and on racing TV keep telling us that, that he is this monster of a physical. So he, he just seems to have it all together and what is exciting as well for connections and, and Charlie Appleby would probably take a little bit of comfort in this is we know he handles soft ground very well so when we head into the autumn and some horses often get to Paris or any of those big targets maybe on British Champions Day and the ground is soft this horse won't have an issue with it he's really versatile as regards surface the horse he beat Magical is the same age and has had twice as many runs, literally. She's run 24 times, he's only run 12. The mileage is very low on the clock. This really is the only season where we've got to see him properly and without any of the kinks. So the three of us have been wrong about him. I was saying to Alan before we, we came on air that I rewatched his pre-Gane and I rewatched the arc twice before talking about the race last week with Tom and Rory. And each time I watched those races back, I was trying to give him an excuse. And ultimately, I was thinking, right, the only reason you went to Germany, all due respect to our German colleagues and friends, it was a soft touch for connections. Now, he did clock a really impressive time, yada, yada, yada. So did Visionari. Like, we can, we can bend those. By the way, read Simon Rowland's analysis of this race. It's awesome on atheraces.com. But there was enough there to make me think, eh, you've been flattered. And when the chips are down, you're going to throw in the towel. That's not there this season. And I know it's small fields, but he's he's beaten an Abel. Maybe she had excuses, but I'd say fair and square. He's beaten Stradivarius. Now he's beaten Magical, who he was giving weight. Aidan O'Brien was singing her praises, and I think the world of her. He's a proper superstar. The question then is, Jane, as Alan was saying, do you go Irish champion stakes? Do you try the arc again, where you're going to face a bigger field? Or do you go Irish champion stakes, champion stakes, Breeders' Cup? You do both. You go to Leopardstown and you go to, to Paris. Thanks very much, Charlie Appleby. If you want me as your racing manager, uh, just give me a call. She doesn't ask because much. He, this, this, this horse has it done, you see. I appreciate that the Colts are uh, commercial from a stud perspective, but I think this horse has established himself. And if he goes and, you know, 
wins one of them or, or something like it's a bit like the horses running in the derby this year Kamiko um, being the main example he blatantly didn't stay here and things didn't go right for him nobody remembers that Roaring Lion didn't stay in the derby either you have to take your chance in those kind of races and nobody and if you do if a person or a breeder holds it against a horse when they stand it so oh he didn't stay in the derby like go away would you like <laughs> obviously I, I commend people for being uh, ambitious and I think who more ambitious they they target their horses you could say horses that run from a guineas to a derby their pedigree maybe doesn't suggest they're going to stay and people say oh they shouldn't run them but like of course they're going to run them there's only one derby a year there's mm. only one arc so uh, I, I think Gaeth has established himself as one of the best probably the best middle distance colt in the world and he's not going to lose anything if he gets to the end of the year and maybe has one run too many do you know all right, Charlie, you've heard it. Jane Mangan's called you out. Irish champion stakes, <laughs> then the arc, then the champion stakes. And live then and I could actually see him in the flesh and confirm whether or not yeah. he's in fact a monster. Yeah, we're not asking much. <laughs> Everyone wins. Right, so we, we got the Irish champion stakes on RTV. Then we get the champion stakes on Sky Sports Racing. Right, we get another look at him there. Then you take him to the Breeders' Cup on Sky. And then we want the Japan Cup because we want Rayath to give him his proper pronunciation. Thank you for having that confirmed for me by Arabic colleagues over the weekend. Uh... And that's what I'm going to say, call him from now on. To stick with it, thank you, Laura King, uh, is Rayath. We just want to see him all the time now because he is the star. And if he never does another thing, he's he's done it. His place in stud is assured. He's beautifully bred. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But we can we can try and bring the weight of the final Fulham podcast army on Twitter to just go run him, run him in everything. Uh, in behind Jane, what did you make of the performance of Magical? And to be fair, Lord North, Chemico as well, and Rosa Kildare has run a huge race. But uh, to bunch them all in together, Magical, Lord North, and Chemico, you could argue that Chemico is the best horse to finish fourth. Credit to Nick Luck for this tweet uh, three times in a row. Uh, Lord North has taken another step up, I would say, and magical didn't have any excuses but again she's run a fine race yeah I think that's fair I think Kamiko they've learned a little bit more about him again just go back to a mile I think he'll be very hard to beat against any opposition at a mile uh, magical uh, brilliant filly proven to not be as good as a neighbor proven to not be as good as maybe the really 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 top echelons like she's awesome and she's obviously a multiple group one winner but if Gayath was to establish himself as the top echelon then he probably had to go and beat Magical and uh, I think she gives us a lovely barometer of which to measure this kind of a race there's very few uh, we have a number of group one races let's be honest where we'll talk about love in a minute where she didn't really have uh, opposition for us to gauge the performance on. Well, we can gauge this gay ass performance on Magical because she turns up every day and she's ultra, ultra consistent. And Lord North ran well, but uh, I think uh, it, it was all about gay ass. And then that was probably the performance that solidified his supremacy, uh, not only in Europe, but worldwide. He's a superstar, an absolute superstar. And I was wrong. We all were, by the sounds of things. The Darley Yorkshire Oaks, all you need is love, Alan. I presume she was very, very short in the Bedford Exchange and didn't really drift in running either because this was simple. No, exactly, yeah. She hit a high of uh, 1.5 in, in the run and as I said, it was um, a very straightforward success. Um, she's, she's just brilliant, isn't she? She's just, anytime she steps out, it's, um, it's much, much watch TV. Um, probably not the, the strongest group one that she, she'll ever run in, but um, 
all she could do was win and she won in, in some style um, and I suppose all roads now lead to, lead to Paris um, it's going to be a fascinating class isn't it if, if Enable and, and Love get there and hopefully Fayette as well if, if Jane has her way um, it'll be so, it'll be some contest but um, yeah she, she's just brilliant and, and interestingly you now she's only raid found magical and minding are only rated ahead of her in the, the pantheon of Aidan O'Brien trained Galileo Phillies of, of of this era, so if he goes and win the arc, then she she could be the the, the best that they've they've seen down down in Tipperary. Yeah, and he said that he's now said that she's the best that that he's trained. Yeah. Which to be and fair, he, he's very he's very bullish when he when he talks about her, isn't he? He's I think over the years the, the, the kind of the hyperbole has, has calmed down a bit, and when they they do have a, a proper proper horse there. So not shy in saying it, but um, yeah, no, he's, he's he's talking about her in, in very very high esteem. Very much so. And when you've trained the likes of Peeping Fawn, who was second in a one thousand guineas before going on, sorry, she was placed. Was she placed in the Irish one thousand guineas and then was second in the Oaks and then just took off and won everything? Yeah, crushed all her rivals. Uh, you've had Alexandrova. You've had absolute stars in your hands, but it's this is a filly, so you're not selling this horse. Everything is already there, Jane. So this is not common breed to love because the only people who'll be doing that are, are the Magner team and the Coolmore team. Um, look, this, this was pretty straightforward for her and her market rivals didn't really show up, but Jessica Harrington's horse seems a, a decent one in one voice and she's run pretty well. Um, she's a very, very talented racehorse. The thing that I was really taken with before this race and, and watching the coverage was Shami Heffernan was being interviewed in Ireland and he was asked about her and he said I'd be slightly nervous about this I'm paraphrasing here now but it was something along the lines of I'm slightly nervous about this because she was revved up for the 1000 guineas then you've had to go and win the Oaks maybe she'll need today on soft ground but not a bit of it Jane No but that's what the good ones do don't they they just they win and uh, I actually was I uh, lucky enough I recorded a piece with uh, the Coolmore some of the Coolmore mayors that had won the Irish Oaks and there were six of them and each of them like a celebrity in their own right. And to say, you know, that Aidan thinks that this really is up there with I always thought minding was, was the best that I've seen. Um outside of Enable, maybe the best from Ireland. Yeah. And this this really is different, different gravy. Like again, did one voice run up to her Nassau run? Probably not. She's beaten seven lengths by an eased down love. Uh, I'm not sure how strong the rest was. Alpinista did well to get group one place and I'm sure her owner, breeder, person, Rousen would be delighted. But love going forward, again, full of untapped potential and difficult to know how good she is. We still haven't. She ran a lot last year. How many times did she run last year? And she seven. tapered off. This year is different. She's obviously just a much stronger, more mature mare. And we know the three-year-old's record in the arc. And the fact that Connections have told the public that, you know, after the back of Epsom in July, that the arc in October is the target. You know it's not an afterthought. And you know Aidan O'Brien has had from July, August, September and October to plan his route to Paris. That's what I like. In terms of her campaign, can you tell us how difficult it would be to train a racehorse for a classic over a mile and then prepare that horse to stretch out over a mile four? Is that why she was given the break? I love that you've asked Jane Mangan, a girl who's never trained anything, 
how she would train a horse for a classic. Um, but I'll do, I'll endeavor to answer your question. You are. It's kind of you, like. Let me just, let me just preface okay. this by saying that you are by far the best pundit when it comes to Irish racing, but indeed racing full stop. And secondly, with greatest respect to uh, colleagues in the Final Formula podcast who are all great, but Jane, you're a superstar. Uh, secondly, you come from a racing family and you've lived and breathed this stuff and you work in the industry. So I think we're in safe hands here to ask you. Uh, I, I, I'll tell Jimmy that he has trained classic horses as well. <laughs> um, but look, I think as a jockey, good horses just go and do it. And I'm sure Aiden will have adapted her work from a mile to get her to relax at a mile and a half. And we've seen horses, um, when they go out in distance, the trainers have to try and get them to relax and get them to settle and maybe ride them a little bit differently in their races. But to be perfectly frank, love is so straightforward and she switches off so well for Ryan that she gives herself every chance to get the mile and a half. Like she's a Galileo out of a pivotal. So that would suggest every you know, every opportunity to get a mile and a half, but really could be best at a mile. We saw similar bloodlines, Rhododendron, Hydrangea, they're probably best at ten furlongs. But what this filly did at Epsom and I know the form maybe hasn't stood up Ennis Diamond and um, Frankie Darling, but it's the way she's doing it and the ease of which she's doing it. She just seems to be to, to have the X factor and whatever that is I'm sure Aiden can just train her probably will admit himself she ran a lot last year that wasn't going to be a mistake he was going to make twice particularly when she can race exclusively in group ones How strongly do you rate her chance in the arc? I think she's the main danger to enable because I think Gaeath will set it up for them Ooh. personally So we still want you to run Charlie but we want you to run yeah. to see him <laughs> Please run <laughs> And also so you can set it up for an epic showdown. Um, of what you've seen so far this season, so Enable we've seen behind Rayath and then win, a, let's be honest, the farce of a King George, as Nick Luck called it, on this first show. And I say that because I, I wanted to believe in that race, but the more you watch it back, Japan hasn't turned up and we haven't seen them since. So, yeah. So it was a race course gallop for her. So essentially she's had an easy cam like an easier campaign than would have ordinarily been the case. Remember her? Yes. Dueling it out with Crystal Ocean in the King George and got a really hard race and people were like, Oh, did she leave her arc and ascot? Well that's not gonna be an excuse this year. True. It's gonna be fascinating. It will be a prep run for her and then the arc and you'd imagine that'll be the end of it for enable but love is a horse that we should i'd like to think that she'd be back next season don't don't ask me ask in a <laughs> tumbleweeds cricket noises as we as we asked jane he did say he did say on the show that all of the three-year-olds are coming back so hopefully hopefully that's the case she's by far she's if if rayath is the best middle distance horse male horse love is the second Love best. Love the best three-year-old in training. There you go. That'll do. Thank you very much, Jane. Summed up nicely. The Coolmore Nunthorpe Stakes went to Batash. Uh, his second win in a row in this race and fourth win in a row as well for Jim Crowley and Charlie Hills. Uh, maybe the lack of a crowd did him the world of good. It was a little bit closer than some of his fans would have liked uh, Alan, but that being said, I thought he ran one quite easily. Yeah, he was, he was snug enough at the line, wasn't it? Um, he gave his sport a little bit cause for concern, hit 2.02 in, in the run, but um, 
a, a bit like Love and, and Gayat, but he's just a, a proper horse, isn't he? And um, the thing that I liked is that he, he got down and, and battled as well. You know, it's it's all well and good seeing the, these champions win on, win on the bridle and not being tested and see what's kind of really under the bonnet. But um, he had to dig deep and it, it was good to see him. A, a, pleasing, a pleasing effort and it's, he's just a, a lovely horse to be to be associated associated with, I assume. And I'd imagine now Paris and a like Love and Gayas Paris will be the, the target and the, the Prix de Labbe on our weekend. Reath, Love, Batash, the three horses we're starting with, the three stars of York and indeed the racing week. And that's really all you can say about him, Jane, isn't it? That he is a star and maybe the lack of a crowd is helping him, but he's a character, he's six years of age and hopefully we'll get to see him for many more years. Yes, look, he's a horse. He's one thirteen now, and he's building up a consistency that you want to. See. We we often crave a star in the sprinting ranks. Um, it's it's just difficult to latch on to a sprinter because very often they don't back up their their form. They might win win one or two Group Ones and and then they're retired after stuff. But the fact that this guy is a gelding. He's hanging around. Uh, he's now a six-year-old, and he's as good as ever. And it's great to see that. It's that's unusual for for us to see that. Um, look in in York on soft ground. He couldn't quicken away from his rivals like he does, but he got the job done. Kiyomoro for Michael Dodds, who's obviously brilliant at, at sprinters and, and shades of Mecca's angel about this performance, but. Uh, it was all about one horse and he had to show that he had a heart and he did that. And he did it really well. He's a superstar and as you said, Parry Longchamp next, hopefully. Any chance they'll go Breeders' Cup with him? Again, they have nothing to lose. It's the end of the year. Run him. Run him! We want to see him. Uh, in Ireland, very, very briefly, Jane, make a challenge winning for Dennis Hogan. Obviously, the stable suffered a horrible loss uh, earlier in the campaign. Uh, speaking Colours was reported, reported after the race to be normal by the vet but clearly didn't perform anywhere like we, we know he can. But um, for Dennis Hogan and Joe Doyle, this was a, a nice confidence boost that make me challenge, uh, would make a challenge after the, the devastating loss that they suffered. Yeah, this is a good a good uh, yardstick of a horse. Probably going to set him up nicely for the Flying Five and Champions Weekend at the Curra. He's probably a horse... Uh, the race was run slower at the first two or three furlongs of the race and he quickened no other horse could quicken he's probably a five furlong specialist and the fact that they did that over six really set it up for him but he was really impressive and as you say speaking colours is better than what we saw they're quite closely matched in my book anyway the, the pair of them have been mopping up five and six furlong sprints in Ireland all year uh, but yeah I'd like to see him in the flying five now for Dennis Hogan and you know, his yard is continues to go from strength to strength, but on the back of sceptical and, and, and make a challenge, those two horses have proved that Dennis can, can not only train um, national hunt horses and, and flat horses, but sprinters. And that's a different type of training, I'd imagine, a different type of challenge. And uh, this guy is, what, a six and a half grand purchase? He's, he's what you dream of having. Quite remarkable that a three and a half grand purchase and a six and a half grand purchase could turn out to be such stars for Dennis Hogan. Um, yeah, long may it continue for him uh, and well done. The Skybet uh, Great Voltager Stakes, proper St. Ledger trial, went the way of pile driver. Uh, Mogul was sent off favourite, was a bit disappointing. Highland Chief was second. Um, how has this affected the St. Ledger betting, 
Alan. He's now second favourite behind Santiago. Santiago's at three point seven five, and then Pile Driver at four point nine. He was um, he was impressive, wasn't he? Again, a bit like the Dennis Hogan horse. He's um, a kind of a, not a rags to riches story, but a, a cheap enough purchase. And when you're taking on the likes of uh, Bally Doyle with Mogul, three point odd million guineas worth of worth of horse flesh and going and beating him very convincingly. It's a it's a great story. Um, he he looks all over a ledger horse, doesn't he? It'll be. Um, It'll be a great contest if him and Santiago turn up at Doncaster. Um, Mogul is my my cliff horse for this year, so I'm 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 done backing him now. I've, I've backed him every which way, twice on Sundays as well, and it's I just can't seem to get a handle on him. I'm not sure if he's if he's just as good as as everyone thought he may have been. But um, it was an impressive performance as well. A little bit disappointed with the John Gosling horse, Darianne as well. She beautifully bred mm. out of Darry Dar- Me. And I'm sure there's, there's better days for him to come as well. But um, yeah, no, Paul Darry won, won very impressively now. All roads lead to, lead to Doncaster. William Muir has gone on Sky Sports Racing and said he doesn't want to run in the arc because he doesn't want to stop Enable from winning a third arc. <laughs> Well done, Mr. Muir. Well, well done. That's, and that's why Paul Driver won't be heading to Parry Longchamp. Uh, is he a proper St. Ledger contender or is he a horse that's more suited to this trip? I'm not sure if he'll get the mile in six, Jane. It's a good question. He's by Harbour Watch, he's by acclamation. Uh, so he's already going further than I thought they would go. He's out of a half mare. Or the King's Best Mayor. His dam is a sister to Mont Ormel, who won the Grand Prix de Paris. Maternal bloodline would suggest he can go that far. Lynn Gary's under the third dam as well. So I think it's Martin Dwyer has suggested to Connections that, that he will have no problem getting a mile and six. I didn't think he needed to go out that far, but obviously it's probably the the race is probably appealing because it's restricted to three year olds only. But at the two pole in the Voltager, there was six or seven of them completely level across the track. And I was thinking there isn't any horse amongst them that that is a star because they're they're so tightly bunched. But Pile Driver was the only horse amongst them that had a, a turn of speed. And uh, that ultimately was the difference of three and a half lengths putting him ahead of Highland Chief uh, and the rest of them were basically on top of each other. Darren was a small bit disappointing but I give him the benefit of the doubt because he was a late starter and is relatively inexperienced and this would have been his first real baptism of fire so I think he's better than what we saw. I wouldn't lose faith there yet but Piledriver is a very good horse and a lovely story for racing. Big time. Um, In terms of Mogul is it possible that he would be better over 10 furlongs? A valid question. Um, I honestly don't know. I think Highland Chief is a good yardstick as well. Um, but Pile Driver is just better than them. It was, if you took out the winner, you know, it was a, a quite a muddling race, a different, difficult race to get a handle on. Mogul travelled really well. I thought he was going to pick up and he didn't. So maybe he does need to go back and trip, but this, when you go back and trip, you have to get faster. Yeah. Uh, it could just be that he's not as good as we thought. <laughs> Maybe that's the, the answer to the. He might have cost three point four million, but maybe. Maybe there's a flaw in that system of backing expensively purchased horses, Alan. Who would have thought it that that could be a, a downfall? I don't know. Maybe looking at my betting r- r- record might, might just show that. <laughs> am, up. I, am I? Am I betting? My betting history too oh. suggests that as well. So 
Oh dear! But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's the same because he 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 was taught so highly. I wasn't at the, the kind of the latter end of last season and into into this season. And hopefully, it'd be nice if he, if he came back. But um, it'll, it'll take a leap of faith to to be um parting with your money next. I know. Oh, big big time! Uh, but that being said, I most certainly shall be parting with my money on Mogul next time out, and indeed his brother Japan. Just as long they'll run them together, and I can do the reverse forecast. Uh, briefly, Alan, the the Lonsdale Cup. Uh, we didn't have Stradivarius, so how strong this race was. Uh, again, market move on the Betfair Exchange. Was there anything significant? Did John Galston's horse get well-backed? She, she was very well-backed and not didn't trade too high in the run, hit a high of, of 3.8. And she's, um, she's putting together a nice a nice profile now at the moment, isn't she? Obviously, mm. said without, without Stradivarius, um, it's hard to get a gauge in the, the form, but um, she, she won. She won very well and you'd imagine what would it be Ascot now next maybe the Champions Day and can see see where she where she ranks amongst the, the stairs of the of the division yeah you'd like to think that if Santiago wins the St. Ledger which I think he will mm. that he would then pop up at Ascot on Champions Day but to be fair to Embahar uh, Jane she just keeps on putting this nice little record together and she's now proved she can get this distance which was a big doubt for me yes it should be tough as well the a furlong down, I thought Nef Road was going to be um, out battling her. Ultimately, he didn't get to the line because Stratum came out of the pack. But Enibar, she's a five-year-old mare without choice. I had my questions whether she'd handle the ground. But it's uh, she's a very likeable mare and, and she's obviously got a huge heart. I, uh, I'll i be honest, coming into the race, everybody was very, very confident in the market. It was very strong on her. I wasn't convinced but I'm coming around to the thoughts of her now. She's she's a very nice mare. Yeah, she certainly is. The Skybet Ebor went to the favourite, Fujiara Prince, who was well put up by Tom Bull. Oh, the crowd love it. They love it. Uh, at 7.0 on the bet for exchange so well done Tom uh, another winner uh, the each way scumbag bet was landed with Verdana Blue for Rory Delarkey. Uh oh god I thought we were going to win for a little bit I thought we were going to do it anyway uh, Fujiara Prince uh, for Tumble and uh, he is back on Thursday's show alongside Rory's we preview the weekend uh, just quickly on this one because Jane doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> Alan, was, she, was she well backed on the, on the bet for exchange she, she was now. I noticed a few, a few people who had the the second Glen Glen Cannon Glory. So there was a couple of moans and getting heartbreaking text messages after oh. after the Ebor. It was it was gutting as I as I always said. I'd rather be beating a hundred lengths than a than a nose. So the many many people. But um, it's um, it was it was a good performance, wasn't it? By for Jerry Prince, he, um, he hit a high of sixteen on the on the Betfair Exchange. But um, it was it was impressive, wasn't it? And it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see where where he goes next. But um, yeah, the main the main takeaway I took from the race was, was the heartbreak of, of people backing Glen Cannon Glory rather than the, than backing them the winner. The worst. I hate that feeling. Uh, there, there's there's nothing worse. That's the, I, I'd rather be out of the TV screen than then be beating the nose the, the, the hope that kills it's true you want the horse to fall out the back of the telly if it's the last leg of your lucky 31 and you haven't cashed out which never do but obviously do if it's a significant amount of money but you know let it ride as as the film as the film title said from back in the day about US horse racing let it ride great film by the way if you're bored on YouTube um yeah, it's not a good feeling at all. Anyway, uh, Fujiara Prince, who Alan and I both gave a sex change to. It's not a she, it's a gelding. Sorry about that. <laughs> Did a, we, we both... Well, to be fair, I led you into that one. Uh, juveniles to talk about, right? Gear Up wins the Acom Stakes. Uh, this was a little bit of a surprise on the Betfair Exchange. Uh, Cloudbridge was favourite. 
didn't perform at all, the American bread, uh, but Gear Up did. And um, how did you rate this performance, Jane? Uh, it was tough. Uh, I actually was just admiring Jim Bulger's breeding at the weekend. This is the Teofilio homebred of Jim Bulger's. And then, of course, he went and uh, and bred the horse to win the Futurity of the Curra. But uh, this guy, he was good. Um, I can't really give you uh, an in-depth knowledge of what he beat, but he had to be... He had to be brave and he had to be a good stare of seven furlongs. His mile is going to be no problem to him. Where connections decide to go, I'm sure Mark Johnson, I like the way he, he races these two-year-olds. They, they they race plenty and considering he'd won his maiden at York as well, this was a nice performance. Spycatcher ran really well as well for, for Vadimos for a season sire, so... I think uh, the Aikon was a little bit difficult for me to get a handle on, but he's a nice two-year-old. He's a nice horse going to be up and trip. There's going to be a lot of options for him. I liked how he came off the pace to win last month over the same course and distance, but I do wonder, rising in grade, Alan, if he's a horse that you want to stick with. Yeah, that's the, the question, isn't it? When you, when you win these type of races, um, he, he, was, he was impressive. Um, obviously, Mark Johnson is, is a winning machine, isn't he, this season and, and every other season? But um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see, see where he steps up. I wonder what, the, what kind of targets they'll be, they'll be looking at further, further down the road. I think he's going to go for the Royal Lodge on Sky Sports mm-hmm. Racing at Ascot. I think that's where they're going to go. But again, I'd be yeah. slightly concerned if he can actually make that jump. But look, I liked him the last day and he was very good here. So we'll see what he can do. Uh, there was something said on Thursday's show. I can't. Uh, not Thursday. Sorry, Tuesday's show. Something that Rory said. What? what was it? Oh, yes, I remember. No chance. That form is rubbish. Rubbish. He said about Miss Amulet when Tom Bull put her up. Off she goes and wins. 14 to 1 the night before. I believe she was 16.0 plus on the Betfair Exchange and wins the Lowther Stakes. Uh, this was a really good story for Ken Condon and James Doyle Jane, and of course for Tom Bull. Yes, how did he think the frenetic form was weak? Frenetic. I know. One of our quickest two-year-olds in Ireland. Um, this is a good story. Everybody is talking about how this filly was bought for seven and a half grand as a yearling by BBA, but she was actually bought as a foal for a thousand euro. A thousand euro. Oh my God. And they're done for picking her out. Uh, what a bargain buy that was. So she's bought a group two winner. For €1,000 at the November Fall Sale Part 2. Didn't even get into Part 1, Part 2. So, yeah, we I thought she was good. Looks, we, we have a fair handle on Sacred. She was obviously second to Campanella and the Queen Mary, who we then saw win the pre-morning yesterday. This was a good performance, and they pulled clear of the third, uh, Umkaltham. So I, I thought the front two fillies were very good, and there's a lot of options for them, but most obvious option, the Chibi Park. Miss Amulet, she is defying what her price tag suggests she would do. And uh, that is something I really like to see on the races. Big time. Uh, let's talk about Campanelle, shall we? Frankie Dettori with another big win for his French connection. Uh, this time beating Lando Prando and Rhythm Master. So well done to uh, John Dance and team. Uh, fantastic performance for a horse only having his second run. Christian Demuro taking over. Uh, Nando Prando's ran a big race for the Coventry winner. So maybe he wasn't a fluke winner. Um, but Campanelle, Jane, how impressed were you with Frankie and Wesley Ward's horse? She was very good. Now, I will say we went into Ascot a couple of months ago and racing had just returned. We had no gauge of our two-year-olds and we didn't know whether the races were deep or not. Well, here we have the Queen Mary winner beating the Coventry winner. 
And to be fair, to start with Nando Parado, he was drawn under the stand side in one and Christoph decided he wanted to come up the rail as would be the logical thing to do. Frankie broke from stall two on the winner Campanelle and decided I'm going the centre of the track. Thus, Nando Prado ended up racing on his own. And all the entire race of six furlongs on soft ground, he was leading off his right leg, leaning towards the group, wanting to race with the horses. I think he's run huge to only to, to just be to still finish second, considering he was the entire time leaning right in Christoph's hands. Campanelle, on the other hand, went to the middle. Frankie dictated from the front of the group and she quickened and she was brilliant. You know, she she has the X factor, but I thought Nando Prado, you could mark up that performance from him. I was I was very impressed. I was watching him through the race thinking, oh, he's going to drop away now, considering he's after exerting energy, leaning right instead of going forward. Uh, tactical was the disappointment of the race for me. Followed Nando Prado for much of the race, then kind of carried into the middle of the group because Christoph eventually allowed Nan- Nando Prado to, to join the main group. But uh, he he didn't pick up or travel even to midway uh, to be good enough to win a race like this. It's nice to see the Royal Ascot form working out because we've seen a number of Aidan O'Brien horses, which I think is a good example. This is a weird year, obviously. I don't know if you've either of you have seen the news that NASA have now tracked an asteroid heading, hurtling towards Earth that they believe will pass in close proximity to the planet just before the US presidential election. In fact, the day before it. Feck off, 2020! Just feck off! I'm getting really, really sick of this. Anyway, deep breaths, breathe. Uh, in terms of her for next year, would you be looking at Campanella as a sprinter? Because I'd love to see her go for the Commonwealth Cup, Jane. Yes, well, I, I'd like to see her over a mile. <laughs> to be honest, she uh, she's trained by Wesley. She's lost the speed, so the logical next step is, you know, maybe Chile Park or something uh, and go for the Commonwealth next year. But personally, I'd like to see her up to a mile and see if she can be a Guineas filly for next year. And I'm sure Wesley will be open to, to winning a classic. So there, there are lots of options. And of course, she can go back to America uh, and run in the Phillies Juvenile on the grass as well. So... Lots of options, but she's a filly to win the morning. It's the third win in, in the morning for, for Wesley. It's a fair achievement. And she looks she looks like a filly that has progressed since, since Ascot, and that's something you like to see. Here's the quote that I took away from the race. I was impressed with her win, and I'm glad to hear you talk up Nando Prando as well, Jane. Um, but Alan, this was the, the talking point that I walked away from. I'm not going to do the accent. I almost did. With that long stride and the fact that she's a lot bigger than No Nay Never and Lady Aurelia, who are real sprinting types, were very lucky to have her, Wesley Ward. No Nay Never was a monster as a juvenile and is still a monster. If you're lucky enough, if you're lucky enough to get to Coolmore, he dwarfs everybody and needs like five handlers. He, he's like the Trojan horse outside Troy. He's a monster of a thing, and she's bigger, according to Wesley. I'm really, really excited about what they do with her next, Alan. Yeah, and, and it's a testament to kind of his, his training genius, isn't it, to be able to over from America time after time, have them ready to run, and take away these, these big prizes. It's a, it's a testament to his, to his training ability. I said it, it'll, be, it'll be fascinating to see where she goes next, and if she does develop as they hope over the winter um, the, the sky's the limit for her isn't it between now and the end of the season and on to 2021 and let's face it things aren't easy this year to be bringing a horse over to France from America 
where New York is being ripped to shreds by riots. I'm sure Wesley's well clear of all that kind of nonsense, but it's it's messy. It's very, very messy and fair play to connections for coming to France, for one thing, and secondly, for being able to do it. Uh, right now, Frank Editore is quarantining. For at least a week, it could be two. It depends on what the BHA decide. If you're an athlete, you can get an exemption if you test clear twice of Rona. Uh, you're allowed to then come back into action after a week, but the BHA can overrule that. So he's come back with baguettes and cheese and wine, and I'm sure he'll be just living the life and enjoying it and looking back on his fantastic wins, and rightly so. And he made the right, he made the right call, didn't he? He was getting a lot, a lot of grief beforehand when he stated that he was going to go to France for, for a couple of weeks, but then, yeah, it's, it's been a beano for him over the last couple of weekends. Phenomenal, and three from three in the group once. Absolutely outstanding. Well done, Frankie Dettori. The French connection worked out quite nicely. Uh, the Jim Crack went to Minzal for Owen Burroughs and Jim Crowley. Sent off favourite and uh, seemed to be pretty popular in the bet for exchange as well, Alan. Yeah, it was another impressive performance. Crowley had, had some week, didn't he? He was, uh, I was checking in sporadically and every time I looked at the, the York results, I just saw Jay Crowley with, a, with another winner. Um, yeah, he was, he was impressive enough, wasn't he? It's, um, it's, a, good, it's a good race, a good stepping stone, isn't it, towards future future successes and then a bit like the, the horse we were talking about earlier it'd be, be interesting to see where, where he pitches up but um, yeah he's a he's a proper cult and, and one to look forward to How impressed with Minzel were you Jane? Very much so I, I hadn't seen his maiden at Salisbury until somebody uh, a colleague of mine said you have to go and look at this so he was he was very good and I thought missing the break in the gym crack was actually a help to him and it will help him going forward because he had to learn a little bit he had to navigate a little bit of traffic but when he got out and quickened there was just nothing to match him he was he was very straightforward uh, very exciting for connections of Memas to have a, a horse like this in his first crop um, look this race has thrown up horses that haven't gone on for me Thresh, Emirati, Anna Sanzamali in the first their last three years what do they do at three but Blue Point is another one and you just think well that was where this guy started so uh, Minzal full of potential would like to see him in something like a middle park um, bred to be fast and he's he's going to be another potential Commonwealth Cup horse yeah but that's a sign of how the breed is going they're you know a lot of people are breathing to be fast now hmm um, that, a couple of years ago Commonwealth Cup didn't even exist so uh, I'm very much in favour of the Commonwealth Cup but I am but I'm not in favour of breeding the majority of horses for that trip when there are more options yeah a mile plus there's um, there's an interesting story about Dark Angel that Sheikh Mohammed has paid a vast sum of money to buy 10% of him and Coolmore have sent some of their very best mares to him last year. And I believe they're sending some very good ones again this year. So he's in the unique position of getting supported by Godolphin and by Bally Doyle. Uh, and he's already a star sprinter of a, of a stallion. However, that's great. But there is this emphasis on speed in the breed in Ireland and in the UK. And that ultimately affects Europe and in France as well. And it's not good overall for the game, Jane. Look, I, I'm 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 not even sure if what you say about Dark Angel is valid, to be perfectly honest. And it's everybody's own prerogative what they breed, but we know what the opportunities are. We know if when you set out to breed a horse, you personally it was always you wanted to win the Derby, mm. you wanted to win a Guineas, you want to win a Classic. 
classic distances are a mile and plus. If you want to set out to, to breed a, a Jim Crack winner or a Commonwealth Cup winner, well, that's what you're doing. But you're realistically, what people are doing is they're breeding to sell. And it's very difficult for me to profess here and now in this current climate to breed a middle distance horse when people are trying to basically survive um, what is going to be a very tough time for the next couple of years. Uh, so everybody's aware of it. And I think you know it's a bigger issue and it's not one that we're going to solve today but everybody's aware of it yeah uh by me miss who leads the first season sire race right now uh with three hundred and forty-eight thousand euro plus uh the second in that is air force blue we'll come to him in a second as well um let's go to the courage shall we pretty gorgeous took the debutant stakes beating shale oh that hurt uh, and mother earth another one of those Edna Bryan royal ascot horses who yes she was in my lucky 31 yes we talked about her on the show uh shale who we talked about on on the podcast and, and mother earth who'd gone to to royal ascot as a as a big hope and hasn't really gone on since uh how impressed were you with this performance for joseph o'brien beating his brother jane I like this filly a lot because I like Shale a lot. Mm. I wasn't at Leopardstown for the Silver Flash, but it was blatant to see that it paid to be on the front end that day at Leopardstown. The ground was very quick and, and Shale was prominent, whereas Pretty Gorgeous was ridden patiently and, and made up ground and, and ultimately just didn't get there. But I was at the Curra on Sunday, I, I, or on Saturday even, and I was just observing two-year-olds in the ring. It was a really torrid day. We got soaked. We got blown away. It was like being in a tumble dryer at times. And two-year-olds had every opportunity to misbehave. But Pretty Gorgeous is pretty straightforward. And she travelled through what was pretty soft, heavy in places, ground with ease and picked up like a filly who is Group 1 caliber. I thought it was a really good performance from the front pair. She reversed the form, but Shale didn't leave herself down one bit and is maybe a filly that's better on better ground and Pretty Gorgeous obviously handles the knees quite well, but I'd be very surprised if Pretty Gorgeous isn't, if there isn't a Group 1 within her compass and I'd imagine the front two will probably line up in the Moiglare on Irish Champions weekend and, and we'll see the rematch. Joseph O'Brien is a license to print money this season. He's having a fantastic year in terms of prize money and indeed wins. Um, this race has got one hell of a CV. Alpine Star last year, magical rhododendron, maybe as well back in 2011. Uh, good horses win this race, and it looks as though Betfair Ambassador Joseph O'Brien has got another very, very good horse, Alan. Yeah, she was, she, she was very good, wasn't she? Um, like you used to, I was very impressed with Shayla at Leopardstown. I thought she looked she looked exceptional. Um, and obviously, Pretty Gorgeous came out and showed her, her class at the, at the weekend. It, it's a great race. It's one of my, my favourite races because you get to kind of see embryonic stars emerge and develop and, you know, with an eye to the future and... Um, Hopefully they they both make it to um to the Moyglare and we, we can get a another match. But um it, it was it was very good and uh, definitely one horse to keep on on side of the next. Yeah, favour for the for the one thousand guineas. Looking into the future on the on the best range fifteen point five for the the one thousand. So people are enamoured with her. Probably best to to back her now. I suspect you're right there. You know, I suspect you're right. And uh, did you say sixteen to one is her price? Yeah, and on the fair stage, we put her we put her in after uh, after her win, and the, the prices weren't long in being gobbled up, so the people are, are eager to, to stick with her. I reckon that could be worth taking. Uh, imagine how sick I felt watching the Curra on Saturday, 
when I remembered that Stephen Coogan, listener to the show, hello Stephen, had said to me a few weeks ago, hey, Jim Bulger's got a horse called Max Sweeney. Make sure you back him wherever he turns mm-hmm. up next. <sighs> Not a cent on the horse who went <laughs> off at 28. Uh, nor did I mention him on the podcast either. Uh, buy new approach out of a Teofilio mare. Jim Bulger, back in the big time, Jane. Uh, he's got another horse that's well talked up as well, but I really like this performance from Max Sweeney and beat uh, a horse who was visually stunning on debut. Yes, I came to the Curra just wanting to see Cadillac and what he looked like in the flesh. And to be honest, in the preliminaries, I was most taken with uh, Van Gogh. He's a massive physical um, and a horse that I didn't think would handle the ground on breeding and, and that's as it proved. But Ontario deserves a lot of credit. He went forward, he led them again, the headwind in his face, the conditions as it were. I thought he ran huge only for the pair either side, Cadillac on the far side rail and Maxweeney under the stand side to to basically gobble him up in the last 200 yards. Um, it was a good, tough performance from McSweeney. As you say, he's by new approach out of a Teofilo mayor. That makes him two by three inbred to Galileo, which would ma- mean to me going up and fall, going up and trip, he'll, he'll, he'll continue to get better. You'd love to see him in a national stakes. They're touting him as their derby horse. Um, I, I, I thought it was a, a good performance. Now, I do think Cadillac will improve for the run, uh, bearing in mind how I, I I was saying about Pretty Gorgeous on Saturday, how she went to Bellystown and won as she liked and probably didn't learn a whole pile because she wasn't really under any kinds of pressure. And I would say Cadillac at Leopardstown, while he won by nine lengths, was he actually ever out of his comfort zone? Probably not. And and today, or, or sorry, in the Futurity, when Shane Foley asked Cadillac to go, it took him a little while to basically lower himself go forward and battle. It was the first time in his life he's ever had to do that. And uh, he's only been beaten half a length. So I'd imagine with that experience under his belt, he, he will come forward again, whereas Max Sweeney had the benefit of a bit more experience. But again, like the like the debutante, the futurity throws up group one horses. And uh, I would don't think anybody would have begrudge uh, Jim and Jackie Bulger another one of those. Oh, absolutely not. And uh, Una Manning, Jim's daughter and assistant trainer, confirmed afterwards that the national stakes is next. And Jim's obviously got a fantastic record in that race, including winning it with Tiafilio and new approach of the sources by. Given that he's inbred in that way to Galileo, does that mean that he has a crooked eye that kind of looks at you a little bit odd off to the corner? Is he like... Well, does does an Abel have a crooked eye? Oh, Let's good go point. Yeah, she's very heavily inbred as well. Yeah, you have, you'd have to wonder how much longer is... It, it, like, is a horse just going to turn up one day with five legs? Well, or, when or, you have Judmont Farms and Jim Bulger who have been breeding for longer than we have been alive doing it, then they're obviously after putting a lot of thought into it. It's not something that's happened by mistake. But I'd imagine the third breeding line would have to be completely neutral. Yeah, sure. Look, if it works for the royal family, then what's the problem? Just like keep on doing it. The great big British book of smiles. Um, Max Sweeney for the Derby. What price is is he for the Derby, Alan? He's trained twenty to one on the on the Betfair Exchange. Um, yeah, he was he was impressive, wasn't he? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Emma. I missed the missed the boat with with this horse at the, at the weekend. I was uh, thinking. <laughs> 
Eona came out and said it was the, the derby horse after one of one of the current he was disappointed next time out and a lot of people just, just rode him off but um, it, it, it's, it's great to see to see Jim Bowser back with a with a proper horse and a horse really really just made in his, his own images and as you said by new approach out of it Tiafino Mayor there's, there's no doubt who, who's in charge of that um, it'll be it'll be good to see him hopefully in the, in the national stakes and maybe a, a version of the trophy further down the line but definitely definitely one to look forward to next season I believe he'll be carrying new colours soon I believe he'll be carrying new colours Divulge who? It's not hard to guess but I'll tell you who what colours they won't be they won't be green and black this time they'll just be blue That's if you're going to mention Phoenix Thurbid Racing, then you may as well mention Sheikh Mohammed. Because it's still going on, folks. It's still going on. Right, that's Max Sweeney. Keep a very close eye on him. Um, the car- the NACE meeting was a very, very strange bias uh, on the stand side. Alan and I were talking about this in pre-production as well. Uh, it paid dividends for Shami Heffernan, who mopped up and did so with Chief Littlehawk. Uh, first of all, this is a great initiative because this race is worth a fortune. The Ballyhand Stakes, 149,200 euro to the winner, who was Chief Littlehawk. The first string for Aidan O'Brien sent off at an outrageous price on the Betfair Exchange. I can only imagine Alan. And um, thirty one point seven MS, and I think you were you were you were saying that you, you missed the boat on on this one as well, did you? Well, you the, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to complain. I'm really sorry to say this. I'm not going to complain <laughs> about a twenty two to one winner. Aiden O'Brien told you follow the Air Force Blues over a cliff. Uh, I I was happy with tens, and then was shocked when I saw twenty twos. So happy days. Uh, but I would have liked the thirty one point seven because we're all greedy, aren't we? Um, yeah, no, he he um, he came home in, in good style as well. As I say to you, I, I've rarely seen such a, a pronounced bias at um, at Nice. Now I think was this, every winner by the second last winner I think came from the up the stand side, and even in that it was an eleven runner race, and they all congregated over to the to the stand side. But um, it definitely paid to be to be near the near the stands yesterday. And I think if you were drawn on the other side, you were, you were written off even before you you jumped out of the stalls. Uh, big prize for for racing in general. This it was obviously mopped up by people who don't really need it in terms of Coolmore and um, Hamdan Al Maktoum, who's winning everything, Jane. But that pace bias does that scurper this form a little bit? Do you think, or was this a case of Chief Little Hawk has finally come good? Look, I, I think you could run this a couple of times and get a different result. But mm. Chief Little Hawk was he having the how many runs he had this season? Was this the seventh run of his career? I think so. Um, and he's contested hot companies, contested at Ascot behind Tactical, and he ran in the Mulcombe and Goodwood, and he was second to Frenetic that weak form in the Curra Stakes over five. Um, this is a wonderful initiative, and, and Joe Foley and the, the EVF deserve all the credit for the Ballyhane Stakes, and I know there was a bonus in there if you if your winner was sired by a Ballyhane sire and actually Dandy Mans finished third and fifth, so... It, they gave it a, a valiant effort but uh, Chief Little Hawk and Mona said there was very little between them at the line but I think experience paid dividends as well you know they're, they're, these are really battle hardened two year olds Chief Little Hawk hasn't missed a beat since he started uh, back on the 10th of June so um, yeah I'd look it, it, this this Ballyhane Stakes and the Silver Stakes basically the consolation race for horses that didn't get into this was a really welcome initiative it was brought in before people were even aware of what was going to happen in 2020 and it's all more poignant now when the discussion is prize money and you have two euros running uh, for, for essentially 
three hundred plus thousand euro. You know, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, it really is. And prize money all the way down to 10th as well. So it was well worth your while to go for it. But there's two grand for even lining up in it. Yeah. You know, that's uh, to, to attract uh, overseas runners, you know, that, that pays for expenses. It's brilliant. Horses who win races in Ireland and the UK aren't even getting two grand in some races. And that's a that's a reality of the situation right now. So look, fantastic for them that they did that. And great that they got such a big field as well. In terms of the racing at NACE yesterday as a whole, because we saw Passion win as well. Are you a little bit concerned about that pace bias, Jane? Honestly, Emmett, I'm, I'm not in a position to comment. I'd prefer to have been there myself. Um, I'd have to be involved to, to have a real opinion on it. Yeah, it was interesting listening to Ruby Walsh saying, how did we miss the 30-1 winner for Shami Heffernan? He's going, coming out of stall 18, uh, his third winner in a row on the day, we should have just been back in that horse given, given the draw bias and the pace bias. But anyway, that was Sweet Gardinia who ended up winning at 50-1. to one. Uh, Highlights from the week of racing that we saw at York, Deauville, Nace and the Curra. Jane, what's your big takeaway? Yeah, it has to be the highlight. He's the best performance we've saw, we saw. Uh, but from the Curra high definition, the maiden, um... I think he's very good. Last first, got their ears pricked, didn't really know what he was doing. High definition was definitely going into my notebook anyway. Put high definition in your at the races tracker. Where? What distance do you want to see him over next? I think he'll end up in the Bertram Futurity. He's probably a horse for the Beresford first. He's full brother to Inish Free, who are yet to see this year, but it's a, a smart family over middle distances. I think the family of Kingfisher, actually. So high definition for me to hopefully end up in the Virgin Futurity. Alan, your highlight from the week. She didn't beat much, but has to be love in the Yorkshire Oaks. Um, a filly who's just is on the up and up and fingers crossed herself enable Haya Stradivarius can all make it to Paris in, in October for, for cracking Winola the, the pre-lark to Yeah. Yep. Uh, Max Sweeney wins the derby take the 20s now and uh, don't make the mistake that I did of sitting there watching the TV coverage going oh no oh you idiot uh, that's it we're done um, props to Rayath as well by the way who I've got badly wrong but is an absolute superstar of racing we are back on Thursday to preview the weekend's racing from Jane Mangan yes <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to say farewell to everybody? Do you want me to say goodbye? It's yes. been a pleasure. Thank you, Jane. Oh, fantastic. Uh, from from Alan Conway. Thanks, guys. Great pleasure. And from me, Ms. Kennedy, thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll chat to you on Thursday. Have a great week. God bless. Will it happen or won't it happen? You can bet on it with the Betfair Exchange, proud sponsors of the Final Furlong podcast. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.